Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Danny Lopez, CEO of Glassball, a cybersecurity startup that's raised over $60 million in funding. Danny, thanks for chatting with me today. Brett, great to join. Yeah, so before we begin talking about what you're building at Glassball, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit about your background. Absolutely. Well, look, it's wonderful to join. So I've been in the world of tech now for um, just over six years, but it's really uh, my sort of third, uh, third career. I did 10 years in finance, in banking, working for a British-based international bank. I then worked in government for 10 years, working for the British government. And in fact, I was based out of the US for five of those years as the British senior diplomat to New York. And as I say, I spent just over a couple of years as COO of an augmented reality company. And for the last three years, I've been the CEO of Glasswall. Wow, very cool. And to dive into Glasswall, in, in simple terms, what problem are you solving and who are you solving that problem for? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, look, we are used to dealing with antivirus engines and antivirus technologies as a way to deal with the threats in our files and attachments. Our software does a job or tries to solve a very similar job, which is, of course, dealing with the threats in files and attachments. But if you think about it, antivirus technology and other technologies are looking for bad. You know, they're looking for what is wrong with that file, what uh, can we find that is bad, and then we'll fix it. We do the complete opposite. We just care about what's good. So we look at those files, we look at those attachments, we break them down to the very core of their DNA, and we rebuild them in milliseconds based on everything that is good about that file. And what is good about that file is essentially following the compliant spec that the publisher had in the first place. And anything that doesn't comply, we strip out and it tends to be bad stuff. And therefore we're able to find all the malware that other engines aren't able to find. So we deal essentially, as I say, with the threats in files and attachments, which in today's world of zero day vulnerability is a massive issue. Got it. And when you look at your customer base, is it government, enterprise, small business? What does that look like for you? You know, it's a bit of everything. We have clients in the uh, defense and intelligence space, and we also have enterprise large clients, and also many of our clients are small businesses. We literally have clients that have less than 10 people. We have clients that have more than 100,000 people. And then, as I say, we also have clients in in that defense and, and intelligence space. Interesting. And if you're looking at how those customers are typically solving this problem now, is it something they're just living with? Are there you know, legacy solutions? You know, What does that look like? Yeah, so more and more you're finding that this technology that I've described is starting to head towards mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what's categorized, it's called, it's a Gartner term called content, disarm, and reconstruction. And if you think about the way I described it earlier, you know, we're looking at the content, we're disarming everything, and we are reconstructing based on what is good. So content, disarm, and reconstruction, known as CDR. And more and more chief information officers, chief information security officers are relying on this technology because, as I mentioned earlier, with zero-day vulnerability, so this is where you know attacks are happening that have never been recognized before. You know, I mean, this is the reality that we're facing: is that hackers and those launching malware and ransomware attacks, etc. You know, they they're sending code that you know nobody has seen before. In a way, the bad actors are a step ahead. So you can only fight this sort of tech with you know equally clever tech that is aimed at solving this problem of zero-day vulnerability. So those organizations that 
acknowledge that this risk is as great as it is and use tools like ours and of other vendors and other providers, they're a step ahead. And those who don't, you know, they might get lucky, right? You know, it might be that their existing software, their existing engines, you know, can deal with this. You know, unfortunately for many of them, the day will come when they'll be hit with a zero day vulnerability. And if you don't have solutions like these, you know, the price to pay is pretty high. Makes a lot of sense. When you're looking at that CDR market category from Gartner, did you start off in that category? Did you start off in a different category? And then you, how involved were you in you know, shaping that formation of the category? You know, there are around 10 players in uh, in the world that uh, that do what we do. Um, there's, there's us in the UK, there's three or four in, uh, in Israel, um, there's uh, the rest really in the US and a couple in Asia. And, you know, Gartner would refer to our technology right now, as I mentioned, you know, kind of moving from kind of adolescence to mainstream. And the sector that primarily started adopting CDR, content design and reconstruction, was the defense and intelligence space. And it's from there that is moving to the commercial space. So the category hasn't changed. What's changing is the adoption and the side of the adoption and actually recognizing that they can do so much more than, you know, what we had originally thought. Because if you think about it, you know, files and attachments, typically, particularly by commercial organizations, they're being ingested by email. So email security solutions really were also trying to figure out how to deal with those threats in files and attachments. But now organizations, particularly post-pandemic or, you know, as a result of the pandemic, if you think about it, you know, you and I, we're receiving emails, uh, we're receiving attachments from many other sources. You know, we've got them on ShareDrive, we've got them on Teams, we've got them on Dropbox. And so actually, the move to the cloud has accelerated this risk in files and attachments, which can come really from so many different places. And that is why you need solutions that are able to deal with that. So as I say, category hasn't changed, but the use cases and the deployments and the scalability have changed a lot, particularly in the last couple of years. Got it. And are you active in working with Gartner and the different analyst firms on redefining this category or shaping this category? Or what does that look like for you guys as a company? Yeah, look, we're always very, and we do, you know, we speak to analysts to tell them more about what we are seeing, what, you know, kind of the feedback that we get from the various verticals and sectors that we're working in, et cetera. Because, you know, at the end of the day, analysts at all of these firms, you know, they, they need to hear from firms like us because, you know, when you're moving from adolescence to mainstream, you know, guess what? Who's going to actually make that happen? It's the vendors. So actually being able to showcase what's working, what's not, you know, as I said, vertical sectors, types of clients, size of clients, uh, size of budgets that are adopted, you know, all these sorts of things is information that we're very willing to share because it helps everybody with the learnings. Got it. Makes sense. I know the company's been around since 2005. You guys went to market in, I believe, 2019, and you've raised over 60 million in funding. How much traction do you have now that you're comfortable with sharing? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I won't share uh, revenue numbers, but we definitely made a lot of progress, particularly in, in the last three or four years where we, you know, we've seen a couple of years of, you know, kind of 45 to 50% year on year growth, which is, you know, fantastic. And, and, you know, really shows, as I mentioned earlier, this adoption is really starting to, to grow at, at pace. We, for many years, were investing in the technology. And, you know, if you think about dealing with these threats and files and attachments, you know, think yourself about the types of files that you receive every day. You know, yes, there might be Word, Excel, PowerPoint, PDFs, et cetera. But, you know, all of those have had so many different versions over the years. And, you know, we essentially are able to recognize files and file types going back, you know, 20 years, which is a huge, huge catalog. And literally being able to tell that that's a PDF from, you know, January 2001 versus a PDF from, you know, April 2013. And when we break it down, we'll break it down accordingly and rebuild it based on that entire spec. So this is sophisticated technology that we invested in for many, many years 
And then once the engine was sufficiently validated, then that's when we started going out to market. And really, it's actually really since around 2018, 17, 18, that the go-to-market strategy for us started in earnest. And actually, we're, we're a UK-based company, but you know the majority of our business is actually in, uh, in North America, where, where we spend a lot of our time, we have a team there, etc. So no, good, good traction, good growth, and good adoption on both public and private sector and growing. And I think the key really is the fact that this term, content disarmament reconstruction, is a term that security professionals are starting to know more and more about. And we see it where, you know, you go from, let me tell you about content disarmament reconstruction, where you're essentially explaining it and then explaining our own capability. We're finding more and more now that we're pushing at an open door because the actual term and the actual technology is understood, as is the validity of it and as are the use cases. Very cool. And if we zoom out into the future here, let's say, you know, five years, what does the future of CDR look like? Well, I mean, obviously, as one of the companies that is, we have invested so heavily in this technology, we are so committed to its use. Uh, you know, we know how effective it is, and we know ourselves how we have saved organizations of all sizes from, you know, potential cyber catastrophes as a result of our software. So we are absolutely convinced that over the next few years, we will see and hear far more of this term and companies like ours, and it will start becoming far more mainstream technology. Over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of email security where CTR has played a big role. But as I mentioned earlier, particularly with this massive acceleration and move to the cloud over the, over the last couple of years, you will see far more integrations of CDR and far more plugins that allow CDR to essentially be deployed with shared drives and, and Teams and Dropbox and some of the other platforms I've mentioned, you know, working with cloud providers, et cetera. So what you will see is really the scale increasing the integration increasing and having way more deployments and you know a way to be able to secure organizations from those zero day vulnerabilities very cool well that certainly got me excited i think that's all we're going to have time to cover for today if people want to follow along with the glass wall journey where's the best place for them to go well, our website gives a lot of information and documentation about how our technology works and, you know, getting in touch with us. And thank you for raising that. Again, you know, write to us through our website and, you know, we'll be very quick to respond. We love educating. We love educating folk about the technology and, of course, our technology. Perfect. And I know you also have a podcast as well. We do, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do within uh, as a Glasswall podcast, which folk can find. And, you know, again, you know, you're re clearly really good at this, Brett. It's, you know, fantastic to have this conversation today. But I think one of the great things about this is that, you know, you can have conversations that, you know, might be cyber-focused, but also leadership-focused, risk-focused, digital trust. You know, there are so many conversations that transcend what really, you know, kind of the topic of cybersecurity is now is such an important one and one that leadership teams, executive teams, boards, etc., adopt as part of something far wider, which is why we like to be able to do that. I love it. Well, thanks again, Dan. I really appreciate it and look forward to following along with your journey. Super. Thank you, Brett. And thanks, everybody, for listening.